morning, good 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 morning to you. I want to welcome you to Creating a Hustle, the show where we like to ask creators, how did you take your idea and turn it into a business? And you know, you can only find this show right here on ESPN Richmond, 106.1 FM. Shout out to you wherever you're listening to this ad. I'm not sure if it's the car, the gym, at a coffee shop. Maybe somewhere where you're not supposed to be listening to this app, but I appreciate you for joining me on this business show where I like to just talk to creative minds and, you know, ask them about their process, about their journey. And each week we bring a variety of people into the creative corner to talk, you know, just talk creative talk. So if you like that kind of thing, you can catch me here each and every Friday, 530 a.m. So be sure to join me. Tell a friend, tell a friend to tune in. Be sure to uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Okay, before I get into it, big news. Now, for those who have been following me, for those who have been listening to the show, you know my YouTube journey. I started maybe at the end of February. And I want to give this to you because the show is called Create and Hustle because over the years, in my creative ways, I have learned how to create and hustle using the internet, you know, from a variety of things. So each week when I talk to these creatives, it, you know... It reinforces the things that I have learned over the years and all the strategies that I have used to grow my businesses. So on this show, you'll be able to to, to get those type of good tips and ideas. But back to the YouTube. So I started my YouTube channel late February. Well, I started like a year ago, but I finally started posting videos from this show. I started posting the interviews to the network page, plus some of the other podcasts that I have produced over time. So that's what, like what I've been focusing on and all of that. It's a small growth. And this is one thing I will say when it comes to celebration and, you know, you're starting your creative ideas and you, you know, you those little wins, celebrate them yourself. Like I know sometimes we get excited and we want to go and tell our friends or our family about, you know, this thing that we've really been working hard on. And we've seen like, you know, maybe 10 listens, maybe, you know, 20 listens, maybe you reached 100 views or something like that. But uh, you need to celebrate your own wins because a lot of times like people will put a little damper on on your on your excitement and your moment where you should feel accomplished and feel like you you know you are working towards a goal or a dream but we just hit a thousand views on the YouTube bah, 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 bah. so that's real great and I didn't expect it to come as quickly as it did because I took a couple weeks off because I've been trying to strategize on how I'm trying to, you know, build this show out and things like that. So I'm glad that it got there. Please be sure to subscribe because I need the subscribers now. Like now I need my subscribers to jump up. So um, like I said, I'll give you more information about that towards the end of the show. But another quick life update. It's almost a year since I've been in Atlanta. Like that's crazy. I can't believe time flies so much. Like this time last, like actual this date that I'm recording this, this time last year, I was still living in North Carolina. I didn't have this show yet, um, but this show was an idea that I started back in 2017. So being that a year is almost approaching, you know, it's just, it's just crazy how you could just move to a city, not really know nothing. And then a year later pass, you know, and you've met friends and you've done things and your apartment is getting a little flyer and stuff like that. So I'm really excited to make the connections in the next year because they say it takes about two years. I mean, a year to really get acquainted with a city. And then after that, you know, you can kind of like you it kind of starts to feel like home. And that's exactly what it is. So um, one thing that I did recently now on the very first 
the very first show that I did of Creating Hustle, I had a, a guest, Craig Blackmore, on the show. Now, Craig Blackmore is an NFT specialist and he came on the show to let, you know, to teach me about NFTs and to talk about what they were and how they're used and stuff like that. That was December of 2021. Fast forward to now. Last week, I went to a virtual reality event. Now, for those of you who don't know who Megan Thee Stallion is, you're probably living under a rock. But Megan Thee Stallion is one of the first artists to have a concert, like a live concert um, in the virtual world. Well, not the first artist to do it, but she actually had an event where you went and they gave you the oculuses that you put over your head. And, you know, it was a live concert you know, in the virtual world and like <clears throat> it was such an experience because it was at a movie theater. So I had to go to the movie theater. You know, they gave you the oculuses and you put them on and then you're in this virtual world. We were playing games for like the first 15 minutes. And then like after that, Megan Thee Stallion came on and performed like a live concert. So you can hear it through the, the theater speakers, but you're seeing her like right up close. And it's basically like you paid for the first front row seat ever like she's performing right in your face but in the middle of the show there was a variety of artwork there was a variety of different things that were showing in the virtual world that would be considered an nft so at this event while i'm sitting there and i'm thinking about you know this virtual event and how this is going to be the future of concerts and stuff it made me think back to the conversation that i had with Craig about what NFTs are and how they're used. Now, there was a lot of like little rooms and stuff where they had posters on the wall or like, you know, they went through like a cityscape and they had different billboards in the city. You know, just like you see in the video games when you're or what is um uh, Grand Theft Auto when you're running through the street and you see all those billboards and posters on the wall, just like you would see in a in a big city like New York or something like that. Those are actually NFTs, so people could create them and put them into these concerts and make money from that. So in honor of me going to that concert and, you know, just experiencing that, I wanted to revisit the conversation that I had with Craig Blackmore because now it makes a little bit more sense as to what, you know, exactly NFTs mean. So we're going to slide back into the creative corner and rewind back to December and get a little bit more information about NFTs. And I'm going to come back and have a little bit more conversation with you. So let's get into it in five, four, three, two, one. In the creative corner today, we have Craig Blackmore, who I like to call a specialist in the NFT scene. So Craig, can you please give us a little insight as to what an NFT is? Uh, an NFT is a uh, non-fungible token. So what that means is uh, unlike, uh, say, a U.S. dollar or a banknote, which could be traded for uh, more money or goods. So mm -hmm. if you have a dollar bill, it's fungible. You can give someone a dollar bill in exchange for a good, like you can buy things with it. Just okay. like uh, if you have uh, Ethereum token, that's a fungible token. A non-fungible token is a type of crypto token that can't be traded for goods as currency. Instead, it is an asset itself that you trade currency for. So it's it's a crypto token like a, like Ethereum or it is an Ethereum token if you're minting onto Ethereum, except it's one that isn't currency. It's one that you purchase with currency, kind of like a collectible coin versus collectible. Uh, yeah versus a reserve banknote 
So, Craig, can you just give us a little insight as to how you got into NFTs? Well, I remember in 2017, uh, I was pretty involved in crypto back then. Um, not like not like a lot of people. A lot of people have stuck with it since then. But the original bull run when mm-hmm. um, when Bitcoin had reached like 17,000 and it was huge. I was in then and I remember, uh, you know, I like to research things before I invest in it. So I knew about Bitcoin, but Ethereum was something I didn't quite understand. And um, I was researching it to see what was being done with this technology. And I saw that um, there were artists who had created a type of a sticker that um, highlighted authenticity. So it's kind of like if you buy a a fitted cap and, you know, it's authentic because it has the hologram on it. it. It was the same kind of sticker except um, you register it on the blockchain, it assigns it a hash code, and then you stick the sticker on the back of your art. So if someone purchases the art, they know it's authentic because it has a scannable sticker that shows it on the blockchain. So a few years later, uh, beginning of 2020, right when things started to get weird and they started to shut things down, I'm like, all right, so I need some type of a fallback or a new thing to get into, not really mm-hmm. a fallback, but something brand new to get into from home to learn about a new skill. A new so, skill. And I remember seeing um, those stickers. I remember seeing all of that. So I was like, oh, maybe I can incorporate some new technology into my art. So I went back into blockchain and, um, and started exploring just art and blockchain and it ended up on open sea. And this was before the rush, before there were tons of people on there. Mm-hmm. Ethereum was only about $115 wow. at the time. Yeah. So it wasn't a lot of action going on there as far as I could see, but yeah, I just started minting NFTs to see what happens. And a few people reached out to me and was like, do you know what you just stepped into, man? Like, do you know what's going on here? And and they put me on game and, and told me about it. And uh, I didn't really understand much of it at the time. But after experimenting and trying it out, I was like, OK, this is uh, this is something pretty cool here. It's kind of weird. It was kind of weird. I always understood it because as a digital artist, it makes sense mm-hmm. for someone who's you know played video games. You buy things on video games, but you can't usually resell them for a profit. So when I see something like an NFT, the first thing in my mind was, oh, OK, so it's like buying in-game content that you can actually sell for a profit and not just a virtual profit, but a profit that could be turned into your fiat cash. So okay. I always saw it as that. But So um, you said you're a, a digital artist. Like, what was the first piece that you kind of introduced as an NFT and, you know, how has that grown since? It was a random, like, 3D anime or 3D modeled character. It wasn't even an animation. Uh, usually I do animations and, you know, virtual experiences, a lot of different things like that. So the first thing I did was just the 3D character. I had rendered something random. Mm-hmm. I didn't make it specifically to mint as an NFT. It was just something I already had made. And, um, and it sold pretty quickly. And that was kind of surprising. And the person who bought it was like, yeah, man, faces, upload faces. For some reason, I didn't get it. He's like, faces really sell. Profile pictures sell. Something that people can use as a profile picture. Really? And at the time, yeah, I didn't understand that. That was before the whole profile picture craze that's going on right now. 
this was, you know, I think the the most famous project that was out at the time was um, CryptoPunks. It still is one of the most mm-hmm. famous projects. But those things were so. That's those little like cartoon, like yeah, like the pixel. Pixel. Okay. Pixel yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen those. Yeah, okay. that that was really popular at the time. And then there was a Crypto Kitties was out, and that's something kind of like uh like Giga Pets or Tamagotchi, where you're like raising. I remember those. <laughs> yeah, so something like that was out at the time, and those made sense because I was like, oh, okay, it's like Pokemon, you know, except mm-hmm. you you know have the asset class added to your Pokemon versus it's just a game, you know, so. I still didn't quite understand um, what I had stepped into. I understood the technology better. I understood like a long-term vision. I'm a long-term thinker. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh, down the road, we could do stuff like this, this, and this, and this. But um, the route that NFTs went in was kind of surprising, but um, it wasn't uh, unexpected because, you know, it got popular. So shortly after, uh, you know, 2000. 20, 2020 got rolling. Uh, Beeple came in, which is the artist who sold like for 50 plus million dollars. He sold. He used to make art every day. I think he still does do everyday artworks. And these are like pretty technically like big artworks, like 3D rendering with a lot of texture. Just something I don't see how he can do one every day, but he does it every day and he's done over like 5,000 of them. So he entered the NFT scene and became one of the largest um, selling artists like pretty quickly. And after that happened, the floodgates were open and everybody started coming in and minting everything. And good things started happening. Weird things started happening. Creative stuff happened. And then came like, you know, get rich quick schemes, a little bit of everything's in there now. So, um, yeah, it a lot has happened over just these last like two years. Two years. So you said like when the pandemic started, you started to do your research. If someone was to be interested in looking more into NFTs, what sites, books, you know, would you recommend as far as like trying to just get like an early start on how to get started? Um, Google is usually a really good source like that's that's what i say that same thing to people when they ask me things like that yeah yeah there's there's a lot of stuff there because since this is still so new and it's an open source project there's a lot of different sources of information constantly popping up like uh somehow my blog became one of the first results on google because oh, wow, I Thank you. Yeah, I got into it and I was like, this is cool. I get it, but other people won't. So I started like I I do articles about things in very like common terms. So I'll write about NFTs just straight up. Like in my article, I tell people, yes, you can get scammed, but this is how you, you know, like just straight up. A lot of Mm -hmm. people try to erase all the negatives and I'll, I'll just lay it on the table like, yeah, it can get weird. And apparently people like that. So my blog uh, is a good spot if you just want to know, like, straight up what you're getting into. Um, There's a lot of things like nonfungible.com. If you want to take a look at the market as a whole, Uh, this website shows like some of the highest seven day sales. You can get an idea of what's selling in the in the marketplace. Uh, It tells you some of the highest grossing products or projects of the time. And um, and yeah, it it gives you a good overview and analysis of the NFT market as a whole. 
if you're interested in learning more about the technical side of things, every exchange kind of has its own, not every, but most of the major exchanges have their own um, like educational educational section. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it kind of tells you about that. Um, yeah, what apps like when I, would you recommend for like, okay, so you, um, if I was to say, hey, I want to get started today, what app would you know I look into or what would I search in app stores to get started? What are the big ones? Uh, app stores. See, this is a new thing too. There's a lot of these platforms aren't on in app form yet. I think Rarible wow. has an app. I think OpenSea just created an app, but it's a read-only app. So it's like you can go and browse it, but you can't mm-hmm. really do anything through it. A MetaMask would be an important app to download. Okay, I've heard of that. Uh, yeah, MetaMask is your wallet, your crypto wallet. And it's a special kind of wallet because it's an uh, internet keychain wallet. So on your computer or laptop, MetaMask would be in your browser's uh, toolbar, like in your shortcuts, just mm-hmm. like a plug-in. Um, on your phone, it's just a regular app that reads like a regular crypto wallet except it has a browser built into it that you can use to access OpenSea, Rarible, or um, any of the different um, platforms on Ethereum, uh, Binance, Polygon. And these are all different blockchains. Different blockchains have perks. Like Ethereum's going to be very expensive to get involved with. It, now. They have, mm-hmm. Yeah. It, and that's because of gas fees. But things like Polygon... Um, they don't have gas fees like that, or Binance doesn't have gas fees like that. So you can access all of that from MetaMask. So MetaMask would be an important app to get. But um, other than that, the websites itself, I, I recommend Tezos as a good place to start Tezos, okay. with NFTs because it, you don't have to pay a lot in gas fees. There's no expensive barrier of entry. You can get right in. You can start seeing some, like a lot of unique art is uploaded to Tezos and a lot of cool artists and communities are built there. So it's a great place to get in, get started and um, understand things in in a level-headed view. Like a lot of people don't understand why in Ethereum, the floor price for a lot of artwork uh, equals a few hundred dollars. Like Mm -hmm. you go to Ethereum and you drop your first art, you're not going to, price it at $50 because you're going to pay $100 in gas fees. So you're right. So everything's going to cost at least a couple hundred dollars in the beginning. And then they creep up there. And a lot of people don't want to take that risk of minting something for a couple hundred dollars and it doesn't sell. So Tezos, you'll spend like 25 cents and um, you can mint pretty much anything you want. 3D objects, to uh, 2D JPEGs, GIF animations, MP4s, MP3s, PDFs. A lot of people are minting books now. And um, yeah, I heard that a lot of people, like some people in the podcasting world, are now putting their podcasts on as an NFT. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but I don't even understand like how that would even work. <laughs> like I don't. I'm still trying to get into it. But a lot of the stuff that you said is helpful. What do you see like the future of NFTs being? Do you see this being like Instagram the way it was in 2013 and how it grew into what it is now? Do you see that kind of, or do you see it just kind of being like an underground thing? 
Well, in the near future, I see it leveling out a little bit. Like right now, the it, it reached a really high point in hype earlier this year. And mm-hmm. um, and it's starting to thin out a little bit. Like a lot of the ridiculous JPEG selling for millions, it's still happening, but it's not going to happen as often. As uh, we're going to see things priced at more realistic price points. Okay. Um, I think NFTs are going to shine in the gaming industry for the most part. Uh, that's that's a, a use case that makes sense to most people right out of the box. Oh, you play a game and you can actually earn money. So I think that's going to be the the real global breakout for NFTs is the gaming sector. Um, after a while, it should also help monetize. Know, uh, like, about your blog, where they can find you on socials, and you know how they can reach out to you if they wanted to. Are you teaching a class or are you doing anything like that? I do. Like if you want to have a call or anything like that, we could set up calls. I do like consultations. I also, if you, if there's groups who want to learn, I am available to teach classes and do like online um, and in person. If I'm in Michigan. So if you're in Michigan, I could do in-person uh, demonstrations, but I could do online presentations, demonstrations, all kinds of things like that. And uh, yeah, I'm all about teaching people about this because there's a lot of cool stuff going on that gets overshadowed by the hypes and the things that don't make sense. So yeah, I'm always willing to teach folks. And my website, you can find me at uh, cblackmore.com. That's letter C and then blackmore with two O's dot com. Uh, I have my artwork there and my blogs there. Um, I'm also on YouTube. Um, my channel is called Blackmore. I talk about the metaverse and uh, and I upload you know different art videos and things like that. I'll, I'll upload it, videos talking about what NFTs are. I actually have a couple of videos already up talking about what NFTs are and just browsing different NFT marketplaces casually and talking about what we're seeing. Um, Twitter at Sir Blackmore. That's S I R Blackmore. And everything, actually, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, it's all slasher at Sir Blackmore. Sir Blackmore. And, yep, and I'm quite active across social media, so. Yeah. Okay, that is amazing. I want to thank you for coming on Creating Hustle because, you know, you're definitely creating a lane and hustling it the way you know how. Um, I will definitely be in touch with you from time to time to learn more because I, I definitely will have questions, and I'm sure that anybody listening out here will uh, have questions. So be sure to reach out to Craig to get more information on NFTs. I just want to thank you for being on Creating Hustle and we'll talk soon. So as you heard in the conversation, like Craig said a lot of things about what the future of NFTs will be. And it was amazing to be in that concert and kind of see it firsthand because, you know, she's one of the first artists that kind of had like a live event. You know, now that concerts are back and stuff like, you know, it's just a a different way to experience a concert. Like it was a very cool um, experience. And I feel like in the future, like it's definitely going to change the game as far as like how we view music artists and music events and things like that, especially, you know, with all this madness going on in the world and i just want y'all to really just be safe out here and really just work on your dreams and your goals because you know it's a it's obtainable it's obtainable and you can use the internet to do it you can use the internet to create something you can use the internet to hustle it so be sure to join me here each and every week thursday 5 30 a.m on espn richmond 
106.1 FM. I am your host, Mush King. Please be sure to follow me on socials. Mush King underscore underscore is where you can find me. Be sure to follow my network, cwfnetwork.com. And also, like I said, be sure to check out Creative Hustle on YouTube and check out the amazing minds that come through the creative corner to share a little bit of info on how they take their business and turn it into an idea. So, well, how they take their idea and turn it into a business. Sorry, I said that wrong. But yeah, like I said, catch me here each and every week. Uh, Creating Hustle. I'm your boy, Mush King. I'm out.